John chapter 12, we'll pick up at verse 9, and we kind of left off there. It says, Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there in Bethany, where he had this supper in the house of Simon the leper. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus to death, because that by means of him many of the Jews went away. And whatever is went away from them is the idea. They went away and believed on Jesus. Now on the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh, the, the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh, sitting on an ass's colt. These things understood not his disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered these things that were written of him, and that they had done these things unto him. The people, therefore, that was with him when he called Lazarus out of the grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause the people also met him, for that they heard that the, he had done this miracle. Now the Pharisees, therefore, said among themselves, Perceive ye how we prevail nothing. Behold, the whole world is gone after him. That's why we're sitting here this morning wonderfully. We have this picture of Jesus finishing the feast at the house of Simon the leper. Mary and Martha are there, Lazarus, the disciples. And now there's many people that heard they were there. He didn't go all the way across Mount of Olivet into Jerusalem. No doubt the pilgrims saw him pull aside in Bethany. So now they come. Curiosity. Curiosity is something common uh, to all people. There are good sides of that and there are other sides that are not that uh, edifying of curiosity. But they come because not just they say because th that Jesus was there, but they come also to see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. You know, and, and you can't blame them, right? They're, everybody's heard this guy was dead for four days and he's back. And they're looking through it. And I, I always think, you know, Lazarus, to be resurrected, there had to be an act of creation because in four days he was corrupt. The heart had collapsed, the mind had turned, the brain turned to fluid. The, you go through the whole thing that happens, neuropathways gone in four days. And Jesus calls him out and he comes back to life. His eyeballs came back to shape again, his neuropathways opened up, his brain turned back to solid, you know, all of the things. And he comes and I, and I think, you know, they're looking at him. Was his complexion better after he was raised? You know, he, I bet he had 20-20 vision again if he didn't before. You know, this is the new Lazarus, the new upgraded model. And people are coming, they're looking in. But it says the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus 
also means they're planning to kill Jesus to death. Lazarus hadn't done anything wrong. It wasn't his idea to get up after four days. And now they want to kill him. Now, it's hard to threaten a guy like that. We're going to kill you. (laughs) Send me back to heaven right on, you know. But he was bad again. This is the high priest here, which are the Sadducees who didn't believe there was a resurrection. And now they have Jesus and Lazarus together, the, the, the one who has the power to raise the dead and dead man that was risen. That's really bad for them in a lot of ways. So they're trying to figure out how we can kill them both now. Wonderful group of religious people. Because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Now, it says, on the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they respond. So the next day, next day after the feast would have been Sunday morning, the 10th of Nisan, um, which was the day when the Jews would bring to the temple the lambs that they wanted to sacrifice for Passover. And the, the priest, of course, did their best to find a mark or a blemish. But it was on that day, Exodus chapter 12, verse 3, said on the 10th day, of the month, you shall bring the sacrifices and so forth. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5 that Christ, even our Passover, who was sacrificed for us. So here you have the one and only Lamb of God sacrificed from the foundation of the world riding into Jerusalem on the 10th of Nisan. And these crowds around him presenting himself publicly. And remember, as this is a long journey, those of you who have been there, from the top of the Mount of Olives down into the Kidron, then back up to the East Gate in Jerusalem. And as that's happening, the, the priests on the first day of the week, antithetical, one would sing one part of the psalm, the others would sing the other part of the psalm, they would sing Psalm 24. And the priests coming up to the wall would sing, lift up your heads, O ye gates, be, lift up your heads, you everlasting doors, that the king of glory might come in. The priests on the wall would cry, who is this king of glory? Then those down the valley again would sing, the Lord of hosts, the Lord mighty in battle. Then they would say again, who is this king of glory? Now you understand while this is going on, Jesus is riding down the Mount of Olives and we find out he's weeping. He's weeping. And he comes into this scene. It tells us, verses 13 down to 15, it says, They took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, as an import, they continually cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And when Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon as it is written, take note, as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh sitting on an ass's colt. So we have this whole scene. Now look, 
This triumphal entry, Palm Sunday, we find it in all four Gospels. And it is conspicuous in the sense that, and it's, it's very unique and remarkable, it is the one scene through the Gospels that Jesus orchestrates and arranges. He heals a leper. He says, don't tell anybody. Go show yourself to the priest. Uh, his brethren come to him and say, well, if you're the Messiah, go and show yourself openly. And he says, not my time yet. They try to make him king in John chapter 6, the Passover crowds from the year before. And he sends them away and sends his disciples away into the storm. At every turn, he turns away from public recognition because his hour, his time had not yet come. This scene, he orchestrates. He has the dinner in Bethany. Then he tells his disciples, look, go to Bethphage, town close to Bethany, and you're going to find a cult tied there, uh, an ass tied there with a cult. I want you to bring them to me. If the owner says, what do you, what do you guys think you're doing? You just say, the Lord hath need of them. And he orchestrates this whole thing. It rolled out just the way he said it was going to roll out. And now as he comes into Jerusalem, he's allowing himself to be praised by the multitudes. When he wouldn't allow it from one or two people before. And for them to call him publicly the king of Israel. And you look at that and you think, now, why? Why is he orchestrating this? Why is this situation different? And why is this established this way? And again, impression on the heart of all four gospel writers this particular day, remarkable. And I think there's at least, there's two reasons. One is Jesus, whatever he did, he did for the glory of God. He, he didn't retract himself if that wouldn't glorify God. He puts himself public in the scene because it glorifies God. And he did whatever was in, in accord with the word of God. He didn't do anything independent of the word of God. He, he obeyed, it, obeyed it in every single sense. In fact, in John 17, when he prays, he says... I, Father, I have glorified thee on the earth, and I have finished the work which you, which you gave me to do. So this Palm Sunday, this triumphal entry is part of glorifying God. And then he says, verse 8, I have given to them thy words, which thou gavest unto me. He says in verse 12, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name, those that thou gavest me, I have kept. None of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And again, he said, I have given them thy word, that the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, and so forth. So he, he constantly says, Father, I've glorified you. This is my life on earth, is that men might know you, see you, so I'm glorifying you. And I've done everything in accord to your word. I've done everything in accordance with the scripture. And the scripture is so explicit, you know, it, it clearly says of him when he was coming into the world, Hebrews 10 interprets Psalm 40, as he's coming in, he's saying, sacrifice and offering thou hast not desired. 
as he's coming, speaks of his preexistence. He says, but a body thou hast prepared for me, lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me. So he's coming on this Palm Sunday because the scriptures had to be fulfilled. And they spoke clearly of this. Certainly the scriptures all the way back to Jacob on his deathbed over a thousand years before this. And I'm always curious, like I said in verse 9, I'm always curious uh, about people's last words. And there's all kinds of great books with those things recorded. But Jacob's on his deathbed. He's ready to pass. And he calls for his 12 sons. They come in and he takes his staff and he pushes himself up so he can sit on the side of the bed. And he prophesies over his 12 sons, pulls his feet back up into the bed and he blasts off. You think, what a way to go. You know, what a way to go. But when he addresses Judah, he says, Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as an old lion who shall rouse him. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, which sets Judah aside from the other tribes. The Messianic line is through Judah. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh, the Messiah, comes, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be, Palm Sunday, binding his foal unto the vine, and his ass's colt unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes and so forth, speaking, you know, Isaiah 63. His garments are dyed like those who are treading out the grapes and so forth. And it says he's doing that as he gathers himself with this ass's cult. And uh, the the animal is bound to the choice vine. Chapter 15, he's going to say, I am the true vine. You're the branches. So this remarkable prophecy so long ago had to be fulfilled. And here he's filling that part of it. The scepter. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. It's not going to depart till Shiloh comes. Here he comes. Uh, He's coming with the colt and the foal of an ass. It describes it there so completely. Not only does, and we're just going to hit a few of these. Not only does it tell it clearly, it tells exactly when this would take place as well. You guys that have studied Daniel with us know that Gabriel says to Daniel, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. No, there are 70 weeks of years, 77 year periods upon thy people and the holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So part of this is to seal up the prophetic part of it. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks, 69 weeks of years. So the street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And after the 69 weeks of years shall Messiah be cut off. That's violently. 
he shall be cut off, but not for himself, for you and I. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city, and for the Romans are going to come. Um, Jesus is riding into Jerusalem, Luke chapter 19. And the religious leaders come to him and say, hey, make them stop. They're screaming, Hosanna, blessed. You make them stop this. He said, I tell you the truth. If they stop, the rocks themselves will begin to cry out because the word of God had to be fulfilled. It says when he comes to the brow there, he looks down at Jerusalem. He doesn't just see the city. He sees it 40 years after then when the Romans have besieged it. He sees it as the temple is torn down. He sees and he begins to weep. He is so close to Jerusalem and Jerusalem is so far from him. And the work is convulsing. He's sobbing. And they're, they're crying as he rides down. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up your everlasting door. The king of glory will come in. And people are throwing, you know, the, the palm branches. We, we have the picture here. And here's Jesus entering into this scene, brokenhearted, because he sees what the rest of them, no doubt, don't see. And then the Old Testament tells us not just it's going to happen, the time of it's happening, but the manner that will happen as well. Zechariah says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation and lowly, riding upon an ass and upon the colt, the foal of an ass. So the Old Testament even says specifically, what manner it would happen in. So Jesus here has allowed all of this. He's arranged all of this because as it says here, the scripture must needs be fulfilled. And it was to the glory of his father. So he's writing in. He not only sees, no doubt, the things that are right in front of him, but he sees down to our day because there's one seven-year period left of that prophecy, which has to be close at hand. Has to be close at hand. It says, when the people heard he was coming, they ran out to him. They made themselves ready. Have you heard that he's coming? He is. He is. And we have more information than they did. They had a number of prophecies about his first coming, but they say at least 300 about his second coming. One out of 10 verses in the New Testament, the broadest subject by far in the New Testament is the return of Jesus Christ. And I know why, you know, in heaven, we're all kids with our pictures on the milk carton, you know, we're in enemy territory. He's coming to get his bride, to get his family, to get his sons and daughters. And all through the New Testament, it says, but I'm coming. Don't let your heart be troubled. I'm coming. When you see these things, then you know them at the very door. And his challenge to us is, is to watch, to be sober, to be vigilant. He's coming in an hour. We think not. He's coming like a thief in the night. And with all those things, how much longer can he wait? He said he came the first time in this things because the scripture must needs be fulfilled. And in our day, as we're here this morning, the scriptures must needs be fulfilled in our lifetime 
as well. So he comes into Jerusalem and says, uh, as he came, it says, and they took branches of the palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, save now or grant salvation. Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. They kept crying this imperfect And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh, sitting on an ass's colt. So all of these things fulfilled. The palm branches, certainly for the Jew, uh, reminds them of the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, They certainly, though, were used at other times, Psalm 92 Uh, Verse 12, I believe, says the righteous shall be as the palm branch and so forth. There are things that speak of that remarkably for you and I. And I love this in Revelation chapter 7. It says, After this, and I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, and palm branches in their hands. So we'll see, this is not really the triumphal entry. This is kind of the weeping, sad entry. The triumphal entry, sun goes out, moon goes out, stars go out. The only thing visible is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings coming on a white horse, not a donkey, with the armies of heaven behind. That's the triumphal entry, okay? Uh, This is Palm Sunday. It's triumphal in the sense that it's fulfilling prophecy, but it isn't the triumphal entry. We've called it that. So he comes. They put the palm branches forth as he comes to meet him. And they're crying, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus found this young animal as it is written. It had to be fulfilled. Zachariah specifically on the manor. Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh sitting on an ass's cult. Now, these things understood not his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things, notice, were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. You know, you know that John is not an imposter. He's, this is not a forgery because what imposter would write when these, the greatest event in his public ministry, when these things happened, we didn't understand what was going on. N- no imposter would ever write that. You know, we watched it. They're still going to fight over who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. They still have all kinds of ideas. He's weeping. And John said, you know, He's 90 years old, looking back 60 years. You know, when all that happened, he's the last one alive. We didn't understand. We didn't understand what was happening. We had a completely different... Our, our adulation and our anticipation were genuine, but what we were anticipating was not genuine. It was another thing. And we were expecting him to set up his kingdom right there, right then. But we didn't understand And we didn't understand these things till he was glorified. He tells us in chapter 2, he says that Jesus arguing with the religious leaders in the temple, his first visit said, 
destroy this temple and I'll raise it up again in three days. But John says, but he spake not of the temple, but of his body. And he says, but we didn't understand yet what he was talking about. Here he says, you know, we looked at these things. We didn't understand. He tells us in chapter 7, Jesus said, Any man of thirst come to me and drink, and out of his inmost being shall flow rivers of living water. He says, This spake he of the spirit that was not yet given. John says, we, we, we understood then what he was talking about. It tells us in chapter 20 here, it says, When they're, you know, coming to the tomb, looking for body, his body, it says, For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. They didn't realize the scripture. So you have this interesting picture. In fact, Luke tells us the two guys on the road to Emmaus, they encounter Jesus. They don't recognize him. They don't know who he is. He says to them, what do you guys look so sad about? They said, are you kidding? What are you, the only guy in Jerusalem? Don't know what's going on lately? <laughs> For eternity, they're going to say, you believe we said that to him? Uh, and, he, and, and, and he said, what things? And they said, we had hoped. This Jesus, we had hoped. Hope is gone. We had hoped that he had been the one to deliver us. And Jesus would answer and say, oh fools and slow of heart to believe all that is written in Moses and in the prophets. And it says he began then to give them a Bible study from the scripture. You know, John says here, we didn't know. Afterwards, we would come to know. And you and I, you think, you know, John the Baptist, those years in the wilderness, he was being trained in ignorance. He didn't know at that point how that was really going to roll out. You think of Moses, he failed in Egypt, he killed an Egyptian, and for 40 years he's on the backside of the desert taking care of sheep. He had no idea God was training him to take care of a nation. He was being trained. And how many times in our lives, God allows us to get into a pickle, a difficult situation, something's going wrong, and all the griping. Where are you at? How could you let this happen? I'm your son. I tell people about your love all the time, and now I'm getting beat up in this circumstance. And we make the turn around the corner somewhere down the line, and then we go, duh, now I understand. Now I see, because he's willing to train us in ignorance. I, you know, I think the crowd is ignorant, but they're anticipatory. You know, the, the religious leaders are ignorant. They hate them. The world hasn't changed. Religious, you know, leaders, there, there are only those two things today. There are those who adore him and those who hate him. That's what surrounds us. It shouldn't surprise us. Again, Jesus is going to tell Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. And as you and I watch the news, we watch what's going on in the education system. We watch what's going on with money. We watch what's going on all over the world. More and more, you know, we could kind of get wrapped up before when things weren't so bad. Things are so crazy now that as Christians, we're realizing his kingdom is not of this world. And John said we would realize more later, chapter 14, 26, 27, uh, chapter 16, he says, when the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is given, he'll bring all things to remembrance and he'll teach you things to come. 
You know, he says after he was glorified, it was the Holy Spirit that taught us things. And by the way, they were still learning. Peter preaches on Pentecost. 3,000 people could save you. Watch the remarkable things that take place. And then Peter, at the house of Simon the Tanner, a great sheet is let down out of heaven. The Lord says to him, kill and eat. He says, not so, Lord. And those are things that don't go together. Not so, and Lord. Not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean. And the second time, three times the sheet has to come down. And he says, what, what I've called clean, never call common. And he ends up in the house of the centurion and realizes, ah, I was being trained. But he's still doing that. He's going he's gonna to come in Antioch, Peter, and he will there start fellowship with the Gentiles. He's eaten soap rosetta and Italian sausage and all of this great stuff. And it says certain brethren come from James and Jerusalem. And he draws back and stops eating with the Gentiles. And Paul says, rebukes them before the church. What are you doing? You are fathers. The, the, the yoke of the law was too heavy to bear. What are you doing? You're not walking straight-footedly orthopedeo. You're not walking orthopedically, you're limping, you're, the way you're walking is out of step, Peter, this is all wrong. And he has to be rebuked by Paul. He was still learning. And when he signs off, Peter, he'll say to us, you know, grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he did that his entire life. But John says at this point, you know, the light hadn't gone on yet. We hadn't received the Holy Spirit. When we receive the Holy Spirit, then a whole nother classroom begins. But he said, we didn't understand. You think, how remarkable. And Jesus is with these guys. You know, he looks at them. They don't know what's going on. And he's still pouring into them. They're still going to argue over who's the greatest. He's still pouring into them. They don't understand that the scripture had to be fulfilled. And these are the closest ones to him. And he's still pouring into them. And I'm so thankful for that. I think, Lord, how many times in my life I am ignorant? It's easier to count the times I'm not. And you still pour into me. You still shepherd me. You still teach me. You're continuing the good work you've begun in me. You're conforming me into the image of your son. And so much of the time... I don't even realize what's going on. But how wonderfully he's committed to them and to us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he says, these things understood not as disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they, notice again, that these things were written of him. And they had done these things unto him. They realized we were fulfilling prophecy at that point in time. Just like the Pharisees are going to say, all the world has gone after him. Little then they were prophesying then. And Caiaphas said, isn't it though? You guys are dumb. You know nothing, don't you know? One guy has to die. So a whole nation doesn't get... He, he it says specifically there, he was prophesying as well. So here it says, we didn't realize until afterwards these things were written and what we had done. They were participating in the fulfillment of prophecy, as you and I are in the days that we're living. The people, therefore, that were with him when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead, they bear record. So there's a crowd coming with him over Olivet. 
And if for this cause, the raising of Lazarus, the people also met him, for that they had heard he had done this miracle. So the picture, Mark and Matthew mentioned it, maybe a little more detail. Jesus is coming into the city on the donkey. A huge crowd is with them. And when the people inside hear that is coming, they start flooding out and the two crowds meet. You know, and look, by and large, probably many of these were Galileans. Josephus tells us that the normal population of the city was between 100 and 150,000, and it swelled to nearly a million. And he says higher sometimes during the mandatory feasts. And a lot of these people were Galileans. Again, that was Miracle Headquarters up in Capernaum. How many have been touched by his ministry there and watch things. And now they're participating. This is it. The king has finally come. He's going to set up his kingdom. Hosanna. They're crying. They're meeting. And Jesus is riding into the midst of all of this. He had orchestrated it. He's allowing it. It is fulfilling the very thing that God said had to happen at his first coming. Verse 19 then says, and the Pharisees, therefore, now it's the Pharisees, it's not the Sadducees or the priests. The high priestly family, high priests, they were Sadducees. They did not believe in resurrection. The Pharisees did believe in resurrection. And it says the Pharisees, they don't seem to be as murderous here as the Sadducees. Uh, was Saul of Tarsus was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Is he in this scene? The Pharisees, therefore, said among themselves, Perceive you how you prevail. You're not accomplishing a stinking thing. That's what the Greek says. You see, you're not accomplishing anything. And then the word behold here is a present imperative. You constantly have to be thinking about. You constantly have to be realizing this, that the world is gone after him. And it has. It has. We're here today. And again, when they say that, going after him, it means away from us. And you see this incredible picture with this adoration that's misguided. This hatred is misguided. You see Jesus guided by the scripture, by the Holy Spirit, in the middle of all of that, bringing glory to his Father. And it hasn't changed. And I look at this scene, I think, you know, who is there? The world has gone after him. These crowds from Galilee. I'm sure the proud formalist was in the crowd there somewhere, Nicodemus. There was an extortioner there, probably Zacchaeus, where he had been with a few days before. There were the hated tax gatherers there. Matthew was one of them. Today we have, what, 85,000, 87,000. Jesus can save them as well. You have the noblemen there. The poor were there. The Roman officer whose servant was healed was probably there. Fishermen that had worked the Sea of Galilee when he was there. The immoral woman that was taken and worshipped him. And her life was changed. Was there. Just like so many immoral this day. The demoniac from the Gadarenes, I'm sure was there, plus many others he had delivered. Many of us following him today that he's delivered. The lame were there. The blind were there. The lepers that were cleansed were there. 
those he had raised, I'm sure Jairus and his family, uh, the widow of Nain and her son, I'm sure were there. Lazarus was there. There were moms that were there. I'm sure the mom that gave her boy five loaves and two fishes, uh, peanut butter and jelly, and sent him out. She heard over the days after that what had taken place. I'm sure she was there. Moms were there. Mother-in-laws were there. It tells us at Capernaum that Peter's wife's mother was overtaken with a great fever. And Jesus came in and healed her and raised her up. She got up and served them. You, You don't do that as soon as you get up if you haven't had a great fever for days. So there were mother-in-laws there. There were fathers there. I'm sure the guy whose son was demon-possessed that was throwing him into the fire, into the water, he was there. The woman with the blood flow, I'm sure, was there. The woman that was completely bent in half that Luke tells us about as a doctor in the synagogue, those bent over were there. The deaf were there that had been unable to hear. The mute were there that had had no ability to say anything. The paralyzed were there. How many of us were paralyzed? Those with withered hands, withered legs were there. There's a picture here of every type of human, every category, in every age for the last 2,000 years. They had all gone after him, as we have in our generation. Lame, halt, blind, crippled, possessed, immoral. And here we are. Here we are. That crowd was hearing about the first coming. This crowd, y'all, are hearing about the second coming. And he's going to do that soon. To glorify his father and to fulfill all of the scripture. There's no other choice. There's no other choice than he would do that. Glorify his father and fulfill everything that's written. Amen. And when it does, such as us, you and I, when the Lord descends with a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, we're going to defy gravity. You ready? Caught up together to meet him in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words, is what it tells us. Let's stand. Let's pray together. Look, and if anybody's here, if you don't know Jesus, uh, it says here that they understood not. It It doesn't say they didn't believe. Our heart in the final analysis is a more powerful influence than the intellect. Because you know some of the smartest people in the world that have done some of the stupidest things you can imagine. But the heart will always make a convert of the mind, desire. It doesn't say they didn't understand. They didn't. It says, I didn't say they didn't believe. It says they didn't understand. So some of you here today possibly... In your hearts, your minds, you're listening to this and you don't understand, but you feel God drawing you and pulling. Belief is different. And if you do feel that today, I encourage you when the service is over, we'll be up here. We would love to pray with you, give you a copy of the scripture. Pray to ask Christ to come into your life and into your heart to forgive your sins. Please, 
If that's you, you know who you are. But let's bow our hearts. Lord, I know you've overheard. And we put all of these things before you, Lord. You're the one who adds to the church daily such as should be saved, Lord. And we're thankful that your word never returns void. It's like the rain that comes down from heaven that accomplishes, Lord. It's like Paul telling the Thessalonians that the word, we received it not as the word of men, but the word of God, and that it's effectual in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you said, Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Let that happen in our lives this morning, Lord. Have us in greater and greater measure. We believe we're praying according to your will, Lord Jesus, and we do pray in your name. Amen.